Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel and I'm here with my amazing husband, Zach, and our dear friend and colleague, Robbie. And we really believe that God has a purpose for you and we're passionate about you discovering it so that you can go and win your world. Of course, you can find the podcast on all streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to like and subscribe. I was told that you should hit that bell. Click the bell. Click Click that bell. bell. As all apparently YouTubers. That's to get notifications. Oh, is that what it's for? That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, I don't know what Duh, it's for. Rachel. <laughs> apparently I'm very tech savvy. Anyway, mm-hmm. today we are continuing our series on truth where um, we are confident that there is a truth that you can trust and that truth is a person. And last week we talked about that person of Jesus and that the truth, that person, truth is founded on Jesus and grounded in a text. And that text is the Bible. And today we are going to get all up in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I just love the Bible. So we have our incredible apologist here and Mm -hmm. expert. Is that, (laughs) can I say that? I'm just affirming it. I'm just speaking as (laughs) so. And, And Robbie does such a good job of just putting in clear language that we can all understand answers to questions that a lot of people in our lives have. So let's start with a very basic one. Yes. What is the Bible? So the Bible. um, You really um, (laughs) hung me out to dry there because I was like, he does such (laughs) a good job. Don't even be ready for that one. And then you are ready. Let me try one more time. Are you ready? Hey, Robbie, what is the Bible? So the Bible is God's word. The Bible is, um, and this is borrowing some language from a very, uh, for me, influential YouTube channel and podcast, The Bible Project. They say that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what the Bible is. It's the story of God and humans. Uh, The Bible is a book that we think is human and divine, right? Mm -hmm. That it was written by humans, inspired by God, breathed by God. So... That's the Bible, kind of in a nutshell, if you want to answer that question. But really, it's not just, you know, a book. We'll talk about it like as the book or the good book or God's word or something like that. But the Bible is a compilation of books from across multiple continents, thousands of years. Um, And it's really two things that we have, right? We have the Hebrew scriptures, which is the Torah, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, right? So that's you know, the Hebrew scriptures. And or in other words, the Old Testament. Also called the Old, Old Testament. Testament. Let's, let's Old make Covenant. it as hard as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the New Testament, which we have gospels, letters, but I mean, really the Bible is many different genres. It's not just like history and the Psalms, like you've got historical narrative and poetry and songs and parables and wise sayings and laws and genealogies. You've just got this multitude of different things. So it's a, you know, and it's, a, it's very cool. It's a too. literary gold mine. It is. Oh, my my degree is in, in English literature. And oh, so that's cool. I, I that. love the word of God because it's so rich just from like a literary perspective. So if you like to read, yeah. just reading the Bible is so engaging. Um, so you said it's got a bunch of books. How many books is the Bible made up of? Then? 66 in your face. <laughs> 66 books. How many authors? Shoot. Like 42. I don't know the answer to I that. I knew that one. I'd, yeah, and it's, I think 42, it's... 42, I think is right. I thought it was 42, and then like... Somebody Google it really quick. My phone's about <laughs> I could have been spiritual and said there's back, one author. Exactly, well, hold well, that's what one. I want to chat about is, um, you know, the the Bible's made... So it's written by several different 
people. Yes. And we, but we say it's God's word. Right. Unpack that for me. Yeah. So where'd the Bible come from? Yeah. Because if it's not, if it's written by a bunch of guys, but you say it's God's word. Yes. Then God did not write it. God did write it. So I, I think this actually kind of goes back to our first podcast where I said that I had the wrong view of what the Bible was. And that was really disorienting for me when I got to college. And then they said, oh, like, this is actually how we get our Bible and things like that and learn some different things. Right. I had the idea of it being like it being God's word meant that like God literally like zapped it into someone's mind and they were like possessed and they were like, oh, OK, OK, got it. OK, got it. Right. Got it. Got it. Right. Uh, but that's not how we think that the Bible came into existence. Right. Um, and it. It, it's just not what what's there, right? Like yeah. there is, there's moments for sure where God said, hey, write this down. Like there are times right. that that happened in the Bible. That's right. But like then the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And, or, or in Habakkuk 2, he said, write it down, make it plain. Yes. Yeah. So there are times that that happens, but then you've also got Psalms where people are like reflecting on their relationship with God and like struggles that they're going sure, through right. and stuff like that. And so like we think that the Holy Spirit inspired those people to write that stuff. But we also think people are like expressing themselves, you know, like through literature and stuff like that, like you used. And so we when we talk about like how where did the Bible come from, there's sort of like a a bigger picture of it, um, which is, you know, God breathed it, God inspired these people to write it. But then we also have a history of how we got all of the books that we have in our Bibles that we have today or on your Bible app. Right. Right. Like there's a traceable evidenced history of all that stuff. And really, when people are asking, like, where did the Bible come from? Typically, they're approaching it from like this perspective from modern times where there's sort of this like cultural mythos around how we got the Bible now that kind of, you know, maybe I don't even know how influential like the Da Vinci Code and Dan Brown stuff was. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with that? You know what I'm talking about? But there was a movie. There was. Um, but it's just this idea that the Bible that we have today, maybe you guys will resonate more with this. Like, are you familiar with the idea that people would have that, hey, the Bible is this book that was like created by um, these European political people that mm-hmm. were trying to be imperialistic and like in, put their views into stuff and that there's this distorted transmission that was lost in translation sure. over all these years. Like right. that's kind of a thing that's out there in popular culture or something, right. right? So that's not what happened, right? That's not actually the case. Like we have the the Hebrew scriptures are like super duper solidified before the time of Jesus, right? Yeah. Like we've got tons and tons of examples of that stuff. And for the New Testament, we've got something like almost 24,000, I think it's 23,769 different manuscripts right. of the Bible that are in Latin, Greek, Slavic, Armenian, Coptic, Ethiopian, Georgian, and Gothic, like all these different languages. So it's not just Latin. It's not just Greek. And, they, and they're the same. They're the same. Yeah. Right? So they're, they're consistent all the way across there. So what you have is around, you know, the t- so you've got the Hebrew scriptures super solidified before, before the time of Jesus. And then you have Jesus, you've got, you know, so you're around 36 when Jesus is alive. Right. And then you have, after the time of his death and his resurrection, you've got all of his followers that begin to write stuff down. Like you've got people right. that are writing the gospels, and then you've got Paul who's now writing letters to other churches. Right. Okay. And so what happens is these other churches find this useful. So these letters begin to circulate early on, you know, like the book of Ephesians, we think was originally written, written to the church in Ephesus, but then was shared among all these other churches. 
churches because there's right. nothing super specific about the book of Ephesians to that church. It would be like if I forwarded a, a podcast or a sermon to you. Yes. That's what they're doing with this letter. Essentially, at first. Ephesians. Yeah. And so what happens then is around the year 100, um, and this is there's a book by Paul Kruger called The Question of Canon that's really approachable. It's pretty easy to understand. And he, he really goes through the whole process of how the Bible came into being. Yeah, right. And, and, and just for people who may not know, when it says canon, it's referring to the Bible. Yes, it's so, referring to the specific books that we have in like your average Bible that you have. Right. You know, so that is um, essentially how it comes to be. Like, there's these uh, Christ followers around the year 100 to 140 that are all church leaders, and they say, "Hey, like we've got our Hebrew scriptures, we've got these letters, and we've got these gospels. Like, we want to like we we want to give people like what is the word of God." You know, what is um, the inspired Holy Scriptures? And so they begin to piece these together and say, hey, like they come to a unified agreement that these are the ones that are inspired by God. This is what we have. Right. And before we move on again, part of the reason we're talking about this is not just to have an academic conversation, but to equip you towards your purpose. And there's not a more there's not a tool that's more like specifically for you than the Bible. The Bible is is going to be one of the number one tools to equip you towards your purpose, equip you to win your world. And let me just go ahead and just say this. I don't think anybody has ever been like, okay, with when you ask a question and somebody says, because I said so. Right. Like from when you were a kid to you're an adult, hey, why are we doing this? Because I said so. That doesn't sit well with anybody. So going back to what Robbie said, if you're discipling somebody, including yourself, you're talking about your kids, your spouse, your friends, your whatever it might be, why do I believe the Bible? Because I said so, or because because God wrote it. I'm my concern is that that we don't know enough about that to really stand on that whenever there's doubts coming that seem academic. So the verse that that's coming from is 2 Timothy 3:16. That all scripture is God-breathed, mm-hmm. useful for approach, reproach, teaching, all that kind of stuff. So we take that verse and we've just extrapolated it. Hey, this, this is true. Don't mess with it. But it, God's word is what I'll make sure I want to make sure we said God's word can handle your questions. Mm-hmm. And Rob is a great example of that. God's word, he walked away. Then he started studying different religions and God's word didn't just handle his questions. It answered his questions in such a way where it brought him back to faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so like, like don't, I, I want to encourage you, don't be scared to go. You're not going to find a bunch of gaping holes in the Bible that's going to make you walk away. It's going to strengthen your faith. That's what God's word is for. And so actually, I think it's a great next question is how is the Bible different than other books? So you talked about, you've studied other books. Yeah. You've studied these. What, what is, what is different mm-hmm. about the Bible <laughs> than other books? So I think, uh, uh, I'd answer that kind of in a few different roundabout ways. The first of all, I think going back to what you said earlier, you know, uh, when I was growing up, and I've heard some people still use this, is they'll say, you know, well, you know what the Bible is? It's B I B L E, basic instructions before leaving Earth. Okay, right. not the most helpful <laughs> description. So, so I, I would not <laughs> I typically go go for that one. Um, what we think the Bible is, it's a human and divine book, first of all. So God inspired totally makes it different right from the get go. Right. Um, beyond that, there's other things that are unique about the Bible, specifically that it is a. Um, we believe that it's authoritative, so like it's got things in it that we're meant to obey, right? As Christ followers, but it's uh, 
it's got this twofold nature to it, which I think is really unique, which is that on one hand, it's called the perspicuity of scripture. It means that it's clear enough for JL to read it and understand. Right. Okay. But on the other hand, it's also Jewish meditation literature. And what I mean by that is the Bible is meant to be read over a lifetime. So you read it and reread it and reflect on it and meditate on it. And then things begin to come together more. You begin to do like your quiet time, you were saying, and you see this connection to Isaiah. And then that takes it back to another place. Like there's uh, what we call hyperlinks throughout the Bible where you're meant to see something and then you see it somewhere else. And then it kind of comes together. And you can't just get that by like reading through the whole Bible in one year. Right. right. Just like knocking it out. Right. Like that's the first step. It's a lifetime of reading and reflection. So that that's one of the other things that is unique about the Bible. But I would say, um, you know, really to think about it, uh, I think about I had this. I don't know if you've seen them before, like the red covered, like new Oxford annotated Bible that they use a lot of times in college and yeah, stuff like that. I've seen it so before. it's just this like nothing special about it. It's just the one that you'll see like in college classrooms and stuff. And then I've got my own personal Bible down here that's highlighted and written through and stuff that I've read after I became a Christ follower. And I like to look at those two pictures of those as separate things because one, I read just as a book, right? Like I was reading it for class and I treated it just like any other book. But the second one I read after like Ephesians 1.13 happened in my life, right? So I was um, I'd heard the gospel, responded to it, and was sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so now the Bible is something different to me, right? right? And so now, like, the words of the page are coming alive. Now I'm having revelation as I'm reading it. It's growing me as a person. Right. So those are the things that make the Bible unique. Yeah. So is the Bible true? <laughs> so I think this. I, I, and again, Rachel and I have talked about this. Some people are more naturally skeptical. Some people have just a... A great gift of faith. Sure. But, and, and I, I don't know if this is a great like statement, but I wonder if people realize the Bible, like, not just to be like religiously or hopefully true, mm-hmm. the Bible is true. Right. But it wouldn't inspire them to not only spend more time in it, but, you know, maybe obey it, like build their life on it in a more for like, like legitimate way. So, what, how, how would you say that? Is the Bible true? And why do you think that? What do you think that people are really asking when they're asking that? Like, are they thinking about stuff that's like hard to understand in there? I, I Well, I think a lot of it is you said, hey, truth is a person. Mm-hmm. You said Jesus. And, and really the main way I know about Jesus is from the word of God. Right. Is is that really true? So you and you and I, and just to put, because her question's right. And but we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Is it just circular reasoning? Mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus. Well, I believe in Jesus because of the Bible, and the Bible says that Jesus, you know, and, and is, is it, you know, that kind of that whole, huh? <laughs> well, I have a thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, First Thessalonians 5, 21, it talks about, like, testing, like, prophetic words, and um, and it says, um, but test them all and hold to what is good. Mm-hmm. And I, the Word of God says, like, it never fails. It never returns void, mm-hmm. specifically. And um, when we say, hey, is the Bible true? I mean, sit down, tell me what's not true in it. I think we can ask a different question is, what's not true in there? That's a great question. What, where do you have questions about the truth of God's word? Mm -hmm. And because when we look at, um, you know, the things of God and we start to ask questions, then you can kind of start to really see like that person, like what is their real issue? Like what's your issue with God? Right. And then, cause really, I don't know that, um, 
Well, I think sometimes we come back to, well, is God really loving? Is he really good? Mm-hmm. Is he really kind? Mm-hmm. And um, and then we can talk about, and then that's a different conversation. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say, test it. Is Yes, it's true. Why right. do you think it's true? I have tested it. When you said this is what, the, I saw Ephesians in my life. Right. I saw this played out, you know, and so when I started to think on these things, and I look at my life mirroring, it mirrored the word of God. When I started to obey it, I saw the things that it says happens. Right. I, I, I think that there's um, a few things that are kind of wound up in that too. Like there are, like there are difficult bits about the Bible, you know, yeah. like I always mm. like to go to like second Kings when Elijah calls down, like the kids call him baldy head. And then oh, he yeah. calls down two she bears and so they maul good. him. Like a lot of Christians, like when they see that, they're like, I don't know. I didn't see that before. That's crazy. Right. But I point out to him, like there's some weird bits in there, there you is. know? Yeah. So it's, it is totally okay. Like to, as somebody is processing stuff with you, be like, Oh yeah, that's really tough. I don't, I'm not sure what to make of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like you don't, I- People well, are disarmed by that because yeah. they think that you just, by saying that the Bible is true, they think that you have an answer to all of that stuff, right? right? Well, or that you you don't think that, yes, yeah, some, there are some things in the Bible that are really hard. Yes, yeah. exactly. There, when you are, especially the Old Covenant, if you're really like starting to study, there are some things that I've spent, like I've read the word and I've said, hey, God, when I, the God I know of you. This is this doesn't this doesn't match my experience, right. especially like concerning women in the Old Testament. This is something mm. that a lot of people struggle with. Sure. So I took my time and I started to study because I trust that God is who He says He is. Mm-hmm. And so because I started out of a place of trust, I could start to with an open, just like you said, "Hey God, I've just got an open mind mm-hmm. to," and so I'm just going to read Your Word without a lens, um, or without an agenda, and started to study and learn. And we can learn some. It's a book written by the Jewish people for the Jewish people, the vast majority of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, until you really get to Paul, <laughs> you yeah. know, which is middle of the New Testament. Because I mean, you look at the Gospels, they're Jewish men. Right. So there are just so many things when we start to sit down and read the word, our lack of knowledge starts to deter us from. And so we just attack it from our current lens. Totally. I mean, we have to approach it like from the context that it was. Like it wasn't written in English by Americans in the 21st century. You know, like there's a lot that's going to, there's a a cultural gap there that sometimes can be hard to overcome and get to, but that's just part of the process of reading it, which I think is the importance of, and the Bible from the beginning was designed to A, be spoken, right? Because a lot of people didn't read early on. So like people, I think sometimes feel guilty about listening to the audio Bible instead of listening or reading it on their own. I think both are important, but there are parts of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, where if you listen to it on the audio Bible, it'll actually begin to make sense. You'll catch the repetition and you'll catch things. So I encourage people to do that. But really like being a part of a small group is one of the most important things uh, to be able to process stuff, right? right? Like that's how the early church, they just read the scriptures together and they talked about things, right? So it's not meant to be, I think that we've kind of created a space a lot of times in Christian culture where like your quiet time is when you read the Bible and like, that's it. It's just like you and God. But I think it's important for it to be a communal thing, whether it's family or whether it's, you know, in your group. Yeah. And and bounce off some things you said, I just found this out. My dad, uh, or, you know, our pastor, my dad, he reads, um, he reads Revelation when he does a Bible plan. He reads Revelation out loud every time because it says like in mm-hmm. Revelation one, 
you know, this word to be spoken out loud. I didn't know that. I've, I've always like just read it kind of. So I'm going to start reading it out loud when mm-hmm. I read it. Um, but then this is something like, uh, just be totally can I'm, I'm pretty ashamed of, but hopefully it frees people up. When I was 19 and I was going to Pellissippi mm-hmm. um, and I was a janitor to church and I was, I had to go, I had to get back to church and I was walking through kind of the courtyard and a girl from Faith Promise stopped me and she said, Hey, these guys are saying the Bible's not true. And I walked up and they said, <clears throat> they said, Hey, there's, it, the Bible says there's unicorns in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and I knew it wasn't true. The King James sixteen eleven says yeah, the right, right. In the Bible. Well, and the, but I didn't know. <clears throat> in that moment, I got like I, I felt like my face get hot, <laughs> and like I didn't know. And, and I felt I think what most Christians feel. First of all, I felt attacked because I believe the Bible. Right. I felt like they were attacking what meant most to me, which was my walk with God. Like I felt like I. And again. Maybe you don't respond this way, but that's how I felt. Like I felt very defensive, but then I didn't know how to respond. So again, like I, this is like reflecting, like this is the top 10, like most shameful moments for me. Like I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I got to go. I left and I didn't stop. Like, but it's better. I thought you were going to fight them. No, so. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I would have, I would feel better about that <laughs> than what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so for me, I think a great question that people need, again, like what we said last time, our, our, the, the Bible can handle our questions. Right. But how do we read the Bible? So, like, we went to huh. school for it, mm-hmm. and 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 we, we've we done that, and and we we, we have Christian parents. Like, we, we've done a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But how does somebody, especially because, man, we're doing these so that people can be equipped, they can disciple not only themselves, but their kids and their friends. Again, you were, I think you were starting to get to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But how do we read the Bible? So um, I, I'm going to answer a little bit of what you were saying before about the people that had those problems with yeah. that stuff. And then I'll get back to that other question. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, sure. So a lot of people are like, there's a lot of like little gotcha things, like weird stuff. Like that's coming from a verse in the um, like King James 1611, right. where they translated it as like the one horned animal or whatever. And they translated it as unicorn. So it's just like kind of a weird little glitchy thing. But what a lot of people have access to and will try to find are these weird little things that are in there, right? Like the odd bits or something like that. Like those aren't, you know, th- those aren't troubling at all to any like Christian scholars today and theologians, like none of that stuff because of this uh, advance in a uh, field that's called textual criticism. Okay. So when we said there were 24,000 different copies of all of these different early manuscripts, like we can compare them. And like, this might sound like troubling to some people, but there's little bits that are different in them. And by little bits, I mean like a comma is moved here. It says two here. It says this, like the Greek word is slightly different here. Nothing changes about the whole story of the Bible. Nothing changes about our beliefs about Christianity. It's just what happens when you like, it's, it's the truth part of that myth about there was like stuff lost in transmission over the years. Right. Okay. But we can compare what we have, right? We've got 24,000 manuscripts. And so if 19,500 of these have this sentence worded this way, and then seven have it worded this way, we can pretty safely assume, oh, these people made scribal errors here. So that's what this is. So when you look at the reliability of what we have, like we can trust that the Bible that's in your phone, that's in your um, on on your desk or whatever, like those are the words that have been recorded right. solidly. 
Okay. Right. And then the different translations that we have are all based on those same initial translations. Okay. Like those, uh, the same Hebrew and Greek words. Right. So even though we might look at it and see like, oh, there's like a hundred different translations, they're all based on the Masoretic text or on the right. Septuagint. So they're not all based. It's not like this telephone game where it gets lost over time. Like we can go back to the Greek and Hebrew manuscripts that we have, like papyrus, like tiny little right. bits of papyrus that go back to the early time. So I just say that to answer some of those like gotcha questions that we have. Like you can trust that the Bible that you have, ESV, NIV, NASB, like it's based on good, like solid textual evidence right. that we have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, so I have it. It's dependable. Yes. How would you suggest I approach the Bible? It's a whole lot of different types of literature in there. Yeah. How should I read it? So I think that... Um, like practically speaking, uh, I do think that it's good to have like what some people call quiet time or devotional time where you are praying and before you do it, you're asking God, hey, like this is, I believe this is your word. I want you to show me stuff from it. And you read it and you reflect on it and take notes. Um, and if you're like not a reader, like doing that by listening to it or whatever, like I think that it's important enough in your life as a Christ follower to spend time in God's word on a mostly daily basis, Yeah. right? But I think that beyond that, like it's important to it. it man, I I am not just pitching this because I'm the groups guy. Like reading the Bible as a part of a group experience, Huge. as a part of a community, totally. is transformational. Yeah, like that's why I believe in groups so much. Is because that was part of my journey. You know, because people can help you process questions. People can share doubts. People can share encouragement. People might see something different from a text. You might right. show me, hey, Isaiah 55 is where this connects back to. Like it's this group learning experience. And right. that that is, it's super unique and super part of Christianity. Yeah. Like Acts 2, like that's what they were doing. They were reading the apostles teaching. They were praying, fasting, sharing that stuff together. So yeah. I think that's gotta be a part of it. Like if you wanted some other practical tips, I would say that, it's there is so much information out there about the Bible. Right. Right. And so you really have to get to a point where you are able to decide like what are good and useful and helpful, like additional sources to the Bible. Like right. there are a lot of commentaries that are out there. Um, there's a lot of different YouTube channels. Uh, I found the Bible Project to be so extremely good. helpful. It's an um, incredible it. resource. It's, it's on multiple levels too. Like they've got videos that are great for kids and then their podcast is super informative. Right. So I would highly recommend that. Um, I think a lot of times we share Blue Letter Bible as right. a great place mm -hmm. to be able to look at the original languages. So we could probably like in the links or something like that, share a few resources that I recommend for people if right. they really want to kind of dig deeper and explore yeah. more about. And that. I was going to ask the. Uh, well, you and you read that book, How to Eat Your Bible yeah, by Nate Pickowitz is, yeah. um, is super and, and when you talk about like how, how to study the word, and I think that's something is it's not just about reading it. It's mm -hmm. you. It is to be studied, meditated on over and over and over yeah. again. It's mm -hmm. an incredible gift from the Lord. It is. And so, just a couple action steps: Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. You, know, you go to that YouTube page, find that podcast. It's so good. Um, how to eat your Bible, Blue Letter Bible, and then. Bible my, yeah, we mentioned about oh, yeah. project, and then my favorite commentary right now is called Enduring Word, and it's on it just on online. You don't have to pay for it, just hmm. but super. It's it's been it's been my favorite. I've I've done actually I think ever now. I've been using it this year, but hey, just as we we've talked about, <laughs> Robbie has referred to them as the Hebrew text. Rachel talked about the Old Covenant. 
That's the Old and the New Testament. And Rachel called it a covenant, Old and New Covenant. And this is how we talk to the kids about it. And if you ask JL, who's eight, hey, what's covenant mean? She, she'll say it's a promise. Mm-hmm. Old and New Promise. Old and New Testament, Old New Covenant. So Old Promise, that's the, that's the sacrificial system, things like that. Then you have this new promise in Jesus, which we talked about last time. But the reason I bring that up is because this book is a promise of God's love to you and to mm-hmm. me. And I love just as we close, Jesus references the Bible a couple of times, but this, this is a really powerful one in Luke 24, 44. And this is Jesus. He said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And that when Robbie referenced the Hebrew text, that is the law of Moses or the Pentateuch, the first mm-hmm. five books, the prophets, you know, that's going to be your like Isaiah, Ezra, Nehemiah, and then the Psalms, you know, Psalms, Proverbs. But I say all that to say, we talked about Jesus, and a lot of us would say, hey, I believe in Jesus. But then you ask, hey, do you believe the Bible? And I hope you've listened this long, because I'm about to tell you something, Rock Your World. Rachel sent me something. I forwarded it to you, I think. But there's a Barna study that says that it's it's only one-third of— uh, there was a 1,000 pastors polled, and only one-third had a biblical worldview. Pastors. And so truth is just being attacked. Mm-hmm. And one of the places attacked is in our, our thought on absolute truth, our thought on Jesus, and our thought on the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is massive. And I, I read the about that to you about Jesus, because if you believe in Jesus but don't believe in what the Bible says, then then you, you have a, you have a, a contradiction because Jesus believed in what the Bible said. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, there, there's a lot to it. That's why we gave you those action steps. Mm-hmm. But I just, I beg you. And we, we, we would beg you collectively that just to throw yourself into God's Word, do the Bible reading plan, mm-hmm. listen to it, read whatever you have to do, but it is going to take your purpose to another level because you are called to win your world. And God's Word, His love letter to you in the Bible, is a huge part of that. So we love you. We believe in you. Win your world this week. <laughs>